What a week. <laughs> Did I tell <laughs> you I upgraded to Mojave? <laughs> no, really? <laughs> oh, we'll have to get to that. Oh, my God. So what do we got? We got big news, John Moltz. We got, uh, we got FaceTime. Yeah. Bug, big FaceTime bug. We got a big Facebook scandal. A couple of Facebook all the, scandals. All the face stuff. We got Apple quarterly results. I say yep. we I say we go with Facebook first. Okay. Uh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> so as we record, we're recording on Wednesday, January 30. Uh, as it's still breaking on this story. We don't quite know how it's going to end up. But what we know is that yesterday, TechCrunch, Ace reporter Josh Constein, broke a big story that Facebook got caught running uh, – some kind of a spyware effectively like it was yeah. opt-in <laughs> but, uh, pay pay is it yeah is it spyware if they're paying paying you for to spy on right. you i guess it still is right all right let me try to summarize the story so yeah years yeah. ago facebook Start at bought, the beginning years ago facebook bought a vpn app called ovano uh and this is a free vpn that was supposedly advertised as you know protect your traffic and a vpn can be a uh, totally legitimate way to protect your your network connection so that you know you connect via VPN and then you uh could go to a public Wi-Fi and all of your traffic goes over this secure SSH tunnel to the VPN server and so anybody on the local public Wi-Fi can't you know spy on your your di- your traffic all they see is this encrypted connection right. um all sorts of companies of course require the use of a VPN to connect to to company you know, sensitive company data and consumers can use a VPN to do things like masquerade their location. Maybe you could use a VPN to, to get, if you're outside the U S maybe you can get U S only content or something like that. Uh, but anyway, Facebook bought them not out of the goodness of their heart. Shockingly, <laughs> but because when they were, when have they ever done anything out of the goodness of their heart? The thing is when you connect via a VPN, you you're safe from the, the network, your local network, but right. you you are tr- you're you're handing everything, over all of the keys. Everything funnels through the VPN, and and right. whoever owns the VPN knows everything. Right. You it's uh, you might as well just let somebody sit down at your computer. You know mm-hmm. you have to trust them as much as the VPN as much as you would trust somebody sitting in front of your computer. And Facebook used this. Avano uh, was popular enough. Obviously, everybody didn't use it. It's not like it was something that everybody who uses Facebook was secretly running behind the scenes. You had to, you know, download Avano and, uh, you know, run it. But enough people were running it that Facebook could use the data they were collecting. And they were collecting data on everything everybody who installed it did. Every app they launched, every network connection, what apps they used for how long. And they used it to to make decisions like buying WhatsApp for $19 billion because the data they had showed, hey, this is popular and getting more popular. We should buy it. Uh, and at, in September, Apple put the kibosh on it when it came to light just how much they were collecting. And, and you know, I, I think it's fair to say it was being billed under false advertising yeah. by, by declaring yeah. this was for privacy and then using it to <laughs> spy on and everything. It, and it violated terms of the... The app store. Right? Yes. It wasn't simply arbitrary or, or, you know, we don't like, you know, we didn't think of this. It it really was violating the terms of the app store. Immediately, mm-hmm. we now know, as of yesterday, immediately thereafter, Facebook started doing something very similar through a privately distributed beta that was signed with their enterprise certificate. Now, that's something, for example, so so like a big company like IBM or any company really can have an enterprise certificate and use that to distribute apps to employees 
that don't go through the app store. So it could be like an app that's just for internal use in your company that you want on iPhones, or it could be for uh, testing betas of things that a public app that will go through the app store. But while it's in development, your employees can use it, you know, without going through the app store um, test flight, which a lot of people probably know as a, as Apple's like publicly facing beta distribution thing is, is sort of a one way to, to do that. But you, you know, an enterprise, a company like Facebook doesn't have to go through test flight to, to do that. So it ends up <laughs> that they were distributing an app uh, well, number one, Apple's terms for the <laughs> the enterprise yeah. specifically say that, that this is for the employees. use of your employees mm-hmm. for testing apps and using internal apps. Facebook was advertising, trying to get people to sign up for this program. They were paying them twenty dollars a month, and then you know, and then they, <laughs> for some reason, wanted a screenshot of your recent Amazon purchases. <laughs> that isn't that out of left field. I mean. I, I, I don't even like, Oh man. Like that's the part where you got to think like I can see. And, yeah, and they, what am I doing? Yeah. And they were, they were asking for, for kids down to 13, 13 to 17 year olds. I guess they were, I don't know how well they were enforcing it. You know, that they were supposedly for 13 to 17 year olds requiring parental permission. Yeah. That's I couldn't, didn't get a good answer on that because it seemed like in some cases it was just like, it was like a checkbox. Like, does your parent agree to this check? Right. Like, you know, any kid, any kid could do that. Right. Like, yeah, I, I, it's unclear to me how enforced that was. Is it sort of like, you know, like we, I've got it set up so that when Jonas gets by a, buys an app, you know, we have a family account and me or Amy has to authorize Mm it. Uh, Is it like that where the parent, you know, there's like a connection within Facebook. It didn't seem like it. And, and these things, they don't, with, uh, provisioning uh, profiles that any anybody can install it from a website. You don't have to. Right. There's no there's no restriction in parental controls that controls that. Right. Um, and I have found that <laughs> I have found that out the hard way. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a whole bunch, and and Facebook isn't the only one that like issues these things to widely and for free on the internet, there's a whole bunch of other instances where this happens. And like some, like there's a, there's a Minecraft thing that helps you, like you can install like one of the knocks against the iOS version of Minecraft is that it doesn't let you install mods. Like, Mm -hmm. like on Android, you can actually install mods because you know, the apps can interact with each other more. And this supposedly this, I have not tried it, but this profile will let you do that on iOS. And so obviously Hank, you know, <laughs> downloaded that without thinking. Um, and it's, you know, and it's like the signature on it. I wish I had his device in front of me, but it, it's like, it's something like the, the, the Shenzhen industrial. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's technically against the app store. Rules, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I wonder how widely that's is, this is being abused. Just before we started recording, somebody on, on Twitter sent me a DM that showed uh, that, that Google seemingly has a very similar uh, app. Right. Uh, yeah, I saw this. The ScreenWise Meter app on an iOS yeah. device. Uh, it, it does not seem – this seems like it might be a similar scandal by the time. This is what I mean by that we're recording – on Wednesday, held by tomorrow, who knows? Maybe Google's going to be in, in hot water. Um, but anyway, they were paying paying people twenty dollars. Kids, even uh, is another insult for me and you. It was they only wanted people aged thirteen to thirty five. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not even close. We're 
<laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we don't care what you want. Right. It's like, it's like as you age and you fill out forms, you know, and it's like, what age group are you in? Yeah. And it's like, it, yeah. it, it, it never, for whatever reason, it never goes by the decade. It's like, are you in your 20s? Are you in your mm-hmm. 30s? Because, you know, I mean, you, you roll over, you hit 40 or you hit 50, you, you know, you hit those things. And it always, you know, whether you're particularly sensitive to that or not, I'm not. I, I don't, like, get depressed if I when I hit a landmark birthday. But, you know, even if you're like me and you're a bit cynical and jaded and ac- accept the warm embrace of death that's imminent (laughs) it's still you note it right and and where and other people get you know maybe really get upset when they hit hit some of these marks but they don't ask you that it's always weird weird ranges you know like are you 18 different they're yeah yeah, they vary by whoever's asking the question yeah are you 18 to 24 are you 25 to 33 you know it's like the the thing that bugs me though is there's usually like a 55 and up or something (laughs) i am quickly approaching that like right and you just know that when you click that one it just goes right in a circular file right yeah right <laughs> right to dev null thanks thanks for reading don't care <laughs> well anyway we're not even close to being in the range of where facebook facebook yeah. doesn't even want to spy on us <laughs> uh anyway 13 to 35 they're paying them 20 bucks a month uh the facebook one is in the google one you get like points toward the google play store or something like that hmm Seems worse almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> Although you know, like if they're going for kids, that's probably what the kids want anyway. But yeah, I wonder. Uh, but they shouldn't be going for kids. <laughs> <laughs> you would hope not. Uh, yeah. But anyway, they called it a Facebook research app. Although the the web page, I mean, there was a way that if you paid attention as you were clicking through, that you could see this was going to Facebook. But they kind of disguised it, like the initial web page where you'd sign up was. Uh, Administered through beta testing services, applause, beta bound, and U test. <laughs> and it did seem that they were sort of the Shenzhen Industrial Complex. <laughs> right. Right. It wasn't like they registered a fake name or something. There was, you know, eventually you could see that it was uh, Facebook, but it, it didn't seem like they were upfront about it. <laughs> I can see, I worry. I actually even mentioned to my son, I brought this up to Jonas yesterday. I could see that if. If it seemed like you were going to get twenty bucks a month, I could, I could see him signing oh, yeah. up for this. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I, it's like the old what would you I do? Need for- to go, yeah, I mean, I need to go check Hank's device and make sure that it's not on there because <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if it is. It's like the old what would you do for a Klondike bar? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who do I have to kill? Right. One of my all-time favorite tweets from the old days when we all we used to do like circa two thousand seven was just crack one-liners on twitter is the one yeah. time i don't know how many and uh, it was back in the old uh favorite favored favored whatever favored whatever favored. it was called yeah uh i tweeted uh you don't want to know what i would do for a klondike bar <laughs> <laughs> i don't even like klondike bars but i just thought it was a funny tweet back in the day when we did that anyway i don't want to know what my son would do for 20 dollars a month <laughs> Why, what would you install for 20 dollars a month yeah it's hard to it's a hard thing to explain to a kid yeah why this is important yeah um and i don't think hank fully gets it yet but um i mean that's serious money i mean what is it 480 dollars a year am i doing the math right yeah 10 no. times no 10 times no 280 no 240 yeah. 240 i doubled it 240 right, right. yeah but still <laughs> 200 not math majors clearly but 240 bucks a year just to sign up and let facebook see what you're doing on your phone tells you how how valuable that information is to facebook 
right? Yeah. I mean, it's a- I mean, they probably wouldn't pay everybody. You know, they're not going to – what do they have, like 1.7 billion users? They're not going to pay $20 billion a month to get it on everybody. But, you know, to get, you know, however many I'd, – I'd be fascinated to know how many people they got to sign up for this, by the way. It's too bad the jig's up. I would sign up and then just, like, screw around with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got an iOS device lying around here that I'm not using. Um, anyway, so uh, the story broke yesterday. Uh, it's very clearly against the terms of the developer enterprise certificate, which very clearly says this is for your employees. Um, uh, and Facebook somehow in initially, <laughs> this is this is what gets me is TechCrunch does the you know the responsible thing there. You know they they're a straight and narrow reporting operation. So they contacted fate, you know, they figured all this out. They obviously caught them red handed, but then they contacted Facebook for comment and comment. Facebook said that what they were doing doesn't violate Apple's enterprise certificate policy. (laughs) Nothing to see. Move along. But (laughs) the actual words that Apple uses are distribute provisioning profiles only to your employees and only (laughs) in conjunction with your internal use applications for the purpose of developing and testing. Like, that's a direct (laughs) quote. Like... It, it it really does it it's not just that they broke the rules flagrantly and that this is a sketchy thing to even want to do right like it, the idea that you would even have a meeting to say well how can we how can we put something on a couple of thousand people's phones including especially teenagers and figure out what the hell they're doing like that's a weird you're you're already at a weird place where you're even thinking about it yeah and it's not just that they did it but it's that the, to me that the the cherry on the top is their initial rea- uh, statement was well this isn't even against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> what could be wrong? What could be wrong with this? Right. Certainly uh, nothing. We were just talking. We were reminiscing because Jonas had a, a birthday recently, and you know it brings up you know remember when remember when when Jonas was little and Jonas. Jonas just had a thing. It was so funny, and I, I think it's genetic, and he got it from me. Was if if we caught him doing something he wasn't supposed to do, like trying, you know, like trying to get a cookie, you know, which it would literally it happened, you know. I know it's a cliche, like kids stealing cookies from the cookie jar, but like we caught him trying to get a numino when he hadn't asked if he could have a numino, <laughs> and Amy would say, like, or Amy or me would say, "What are you doing?" He would he would say, "Don't look at me." <laughs> <laughs> and it's at the time it was a little angering and in hindsight it's adorable yeah right, <laughs> right? don't right. look at me don't look at me <laughs> Is he, i think he was trying to do like a force you know like yeah. a, an obi-wan thing right yeah <laughs> don't these look aren't at the droids these aren't the droids you're looking for uh, <laughs> facebook's reaction seems like the the corporate corporate equivalent of that. This isn't against the rules. It does seem like they tried to pull a Jedi mind trick. God, and they, you do get the sense that they just don't they don't have any clue that that what they do is wrong. Well, no, I think <laughs> they a do. General basis. I think they do know it's wrong because I, I really do. I I honestly think that I, I'm not saying, and I'm sure that there are Facebook. There's so many gazillion Facebook employees. I'm sure there's some who listen to the show. And so I'm not trying to say everybody who works at Facebook is a bad person. Um, but at the, you know, there are 
parts of the company, you know, you, you kind of have to, you know, what's the old quote that you hard to make a man understand something when his paycheck depends on not understanding it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. Uh, you know, and there are people there who are clearly either bad people or, uh, just so amoral, if not immoral. Cause one of the other stories that's, that's come out in the last week was that, uh, that they had pay, pay to play games where they were, uh, knowingly taking money from children Oh, right. Who, who yeah. their own investigation showed that the kids would be very likely to think that they were spending virtual in-game currency, right? Because that's a huge thing. Like, there's a ton of games where, you, you know, you run around and collect, you know, coins or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it's and then you can cash the points or the coins in for weapons or, or upgrades yeah. or second chances or whatever. But it turned out that they were spending their parents' money because it was like the parents were like, here, you know, play this Facebook game, play this game. Yeah. And they and there was no like unlike iOS or even Android, there was no mechanism for uh, parental approval. It's like you put your credit card in, and anything that gets bought, right, <laughs> immediately gets rung up. Right, and I, I I'm not saying you know I I know that there have been cases where kids have run up bills on iOS too, but you you've got to, you know, and, and I guess the most likely way would be handing your phone over to a kid. But even mm-hmm. then, it still prompts for like your, you know, your your fingerprint yeah. or your face ID. I think it's or... gotten it's gotten better. I mean, I think in the early days, it was it, I, people were still trying to understand it on iOS, and also I think Apple was still struggling to make the system work a little bit better. Yeah, because I mean, I because yeah, I mean, Hank <laughs> Hank did exactly that. He got, he like with the iPad, he rang up like a hundred and twenty five dollar bill at one point, and you know, and they were they were very good about just like going, Oh yeah. Okay. And refunding it. Uh, right. Very good about refunding it. Whereas Facebook's thing, this story, uh, it suggested is that they were very resistant to refunding it. Yeah. Uh, and they had a name for the kids. They were, they were whales. Yeah. They, well, the, the, <laughs> the kids who were big spenders, it's exactly, right. which is exactly the terminology from the casino industry. The, the casino. <laughs> uh, Angry Birds of all games. And here's a quote. This is a story that I I linked a week or so ago uh, from Reveal. Uh, In nearly all cases, the parents knew their child was playing Angry Birds, but didn't think the child would be allowed to buy anything without their password or authorization first. (laughs) Surprise. That's actually a reasonable (laughs) assumption, right? That you'd at least, you know, well, my kid isn't going to be able to buy anything unless I authorize it. Well, guess what? You just click a button and you you bought something. Um, Uh, it, it, this the, it, this lawsuit has uncovered actual, uh, you know, internal documentation from uh, from Facebook. So it's not just speculation. I mean, these are actual communications within the company. Uh, truly outrageous. I mean, I don't see how you can debate that this is this isn't these are bad people. I mean, again, I'm not saying everybody at Facebook's bad, but there are clearly bad people in in decision making positions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, some of the comment, the back and forth that they quoted was like, you know, like, are we refunding this? Like, no, lol. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the, I'm going to read the transcript. Here's the transcript between two employees. Uh, Jillian is is the one investigating a uh, refund request, and Michael, I guess, is her supervisor. Jillian, would you refund this whale ticket? User is disputing <laughs> all charges. Michael, what's it, what's the user's total lifetime spend? Oh yeah. Okay. This sounds a lot like being in a casino. Jillian, 
It's six thousand five hundred forty-five dollars. Oh my god! But the card was just added on September two. They are disputing all of it, I believe. That user looks underage as well. Well, maybe not under thirteen. Michael, is the user <laughs> writing in a parent, or is this user a thirteen-ish year old? Jillian, it's a thirteen-ish year old. Says it's fifteen. Looks a bit younger. She, not it's lol. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> I wouldn't refund. I wouldn't refund. Jillian, oh, that's fine. Cool. Agreed. Just double checking. $6,500. Oh, my God. And the worst part is, is that's not even Facebook's primary business model, right? Making yeah. money from games. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it adds up. Uh, I mean, but it's mostly advertising. Uh, the idea that they would be, you know, I mean, these are people who knew it was a kid. I mean, it had to be a mistake. How do you not just say, you know, again, you know, it, it, small mom and pop business, a $6,500 refund is something. But when it's virtual, you know, it's not like they gave the kid $6,500 worth of goods. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Some kid goes right, on right, Amazon. They walk away with something actually phys- physical. Yeah. Right. Some kid goes on Amazon and buys a, you know, $6,500 <laughs> gaming PC. And- <laughs> again, again, something that, well, <laughs> Hank, I so I, I bought him a book one time when he was little. I mean, this was a long time ago, and on a, a and on a computer, and I you know, stupidly did it on his computer and left the credit card in there. <laughs> what is the matter with you? I don't know. And so he's on Amazon, and he's just like, and he like he he's looking up wetsuits, and he bought a thousand dollars worth of wetsuits. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, we were able to return all of them. I love and it's just like. The funniest part too is that you're like, oh, I didn't. I I was just clicking buttons. I didn't know what I was doing. The funniest part is that you do a parenting podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've always said that it's a cautionary tale. It's not. It's not. I don't claim to have any uh, any good advice. I mean, this is, it's just, it could not be more outrageous, right? I mean, there's no physical goods. It's not like there's $6,500 worth of wetsuits that, okay, you have to send the wetsuits back, <laughs> then we'll issue a refund, right? I mean, right. that would be fair. And I think Amazon would do that. Yeah, Amazon has a pretty generous return policy. Um, you know, with the virtual in-game stuff, you know, it's, it, you know, I, I'm sure it gets abused. I'm sure that there are, you know, I, 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 wouldn't it be fascinating to talk to someone at Apple who deals with this, you know, at a, at a management level? Like, where do they draw the line where, you know, a, 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 an adult fully knowledgeable blows more money than they're comfortable with on, you know, Candy Crush or whatever, and then mm-hmm. asks for a refund? Uh uh, I think I told you that I don't think I ever talked about this on the show, but uh, apparently that's a big problem at hotels with the uh, in-room mini bars. Uh, I forget who I was talking to who knew about it. Uh, I was like talking to someone who worked at a hotel and, and the gist of it is that you would, you know, basically you would not believe how many mini room bar charges are disputed that they are like, I didn't drink oh, any yeah. of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? I drank all the vodka in the, the fridge. I didn't, I didn't touch <laughs> you it. Mean, you mean like lyingly disputed? Yeah. Like they know, yeah, okay. like they, you know, they, yeah. it, I've never once checked into a hotel and had like a half empty mini bar, right? Like if there's a mini bar, it is always, you know, it's very orderly. Uh, yeah. you could see where the slots are for the things, you know, uh, but right. they, you know, apparently it is extremely common for people. <laughs> 
people to partake of the mini bar. And then when they're presented with the bill, dispute all of it and just say, I didn't yeah. do it. And that the hotels often just say, okay, we did just eat it, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know how often I would imagine there's a similar, similar situation with legitimate in-app game purchases, right? I would imagine that somebody, you know, wakes up oh, and sure. realizes they spent a hundred dollars right. on, on clash of clans or whatever regrets yeah. it and then says hey that was my kid you know mm -hmm. whatever i don't know how they adjudicate that because obviously that is le legitimate there's probably I mean, like a re they probably i mean they must keep track of them in some way and right and say you know like if you're if you're calling up every other day and doing it right then right then there has to be eventually like you're gonna have to, like, right <laughs> you either have to do some real parenting or you you have a problem yeah, it would be fascinating to know how that goes. But when yeah. the first one comes in, I mean, and these people are saying they even know it. It's the 13-year-old. I, I, the fact that it's the 13-year-old who who is the girl who's who's contacting Facebook for this makes me – it almost breaks my heart because it makes me think – because it's not the parent writing and it, it's the girl. And it's like she must know she's in trouble. Screwed up. Yeah. Right? right. And, and yeah. it, it's it, – I, I, it's oh, – it's, it's, it, the whole thing, we laughed at it, but it actually, the fact that it was the girl writing in and that they're just lolling at her and they're like, ah, I wouldn't refund. Uh, I figured <laughs> just checking. It's like, it, it actually, to me, makes it heartbreaking in a way that, that it yeah. wouldn't if it was the, the adult writing in. Yeah. It's just crazy though. I mean, obviously that's a mistake. There's no, <laughs> there's no universe, <laughs> right? <laughs> like... A billionaire, you know, a, a, Howard Schultz's daughter could be writing in, and it's like, there's no way even a billionaire isn't going to let his 13 year old buy $6,500 worth of Angry Birds. <laughs> I would hope not. I would, I guess I would. I, I don't, don't know. know. I mean, I, I bet maybe there's somebody, maybe there yeah. is somebody, but I, so I, I would know. hope nobody does that. Well, it's it, it, in a lot of ways, it's a bad company, and this thing is really interesting to me. Well, anyway, uh, back to this the, this latest thing with this Facebook. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they're they're up in arms over there now, right? I mean, today they're having a bad day over at Facebook because they, none of their stuff works. Right. So what Apple did last night was revoke their their enterprise certificates, plural, according to Recode, because apparently they have several. Um, so their apps are all in the store. You can still download, you know, Facebook's still in the app store, Instagram, all, you know, all the dozens of apps they have. Um, and, you know, they still work perfectly on your phone. But internal to Facebook, because they've disabled their enterprise certificate, the employees' versions of all these apps stopped working. <laughs> like, when they revoke your certificate, it it means, you know, that it, it – it, I guess it doesn't delete the app from your device, but it means that it, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how many thousands, tens of thousands of employees Facebook has, but all of their installed versions of Facebook's app stopped working today. <laughs> uh, I don't even begin to understand the processes that would be in place at a big company like that. Um, but I have friends who work at, you know, similarly sized companies uh, or, or, you know, similar popularity companies and like the, the things I've heard this morning are like, this would be to say that this would be disruptive for us would be an understatement that there's, it's not just that you've got to go to the app store and download Facebook from the app store and install it, but there's all sorts of automated testing and et cetera during the development. You know, the, the whole development yeah. workflow revolves around having a working developer certificate. <laughs> uh, 
testing, you know, in the production version of the app is not <laughs> a difficult and b not recommended. So it, how how permanent this is is still uh, you know at at air at press time here as as they say you know unknown. But uh, even if it's just a day, it is obviously a bit of a, a wrap on the wrist from Apple to Facebook. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Google now. Yeah, I, I this other thing. Yeah, I wonder. It makes me wonder how many of the how much of this is going on from other companies. Like how many places, yeah. how many people are doing yeah. this? Well, you know? like I said, I mean, I you know, I, every once in a while, I see that Hank has downloaded one of these things, and so these this stuff is out there considerably. I yeah. think, um, and and it has been out, and it's been going on for years. Yeah, people's hunger for data. These companies' hunger for data is just insatiable. It, it really is, uh, and it's fascinating to me. Even with the App Store in place, and even with Apple's policies making the App Store more a stricter App Store than, say, the Google Play Store in terms of what goes through, and Android famously has has you know built into the system the ability to you you as the user can say you know uh, I think I'm on almost all Android phones it's off by default but you can turn on you don't need to use like a secret you know thing it's an officially supported preference to sideload applications from other sources other than the play store obviously like in china where google it the stuff doesn't really go through google's android everything is sort of a a fork of the open source android you know who knows what's going on um but even with apple's policies in place where sideloading isn't really possible it's a it seems like this developer certificate thing the more we look at it in the last 24 hours it might be widely being used to sort of effectively do side loading um and b it's sort of distressing how much stuff goes through the app store anyway right how much uh, trackers and and all sorts of stuff is is going on and when people analyze you know what apps in the app store are actually t- keeping track of yeah I feel like the political angle on this is you can't escape it that it's, and I realize it's not the law, right? Like what Apple says are app store policies doesn't mean it's illegal, right? I'm not saying Facebook no. did anything illegal, although I, it, there ought to be a law as they say, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. I mean, it seems like there should be, I mean, it certainly should be for adults only. I mean, like a kid should not be targeted by this stuff. Absolutely. I um, definitely think a kid shouldn't be, yeah. and I, I and, think, and we'll, I mean, in, in adults, you know, it seems almost like a, akin to the kind of like medical experimentation where you get, you know, you get paid to come in and like <laughs> take a drug or something like that. Um, and uh, I mean, that stuff happens. They they have <laughs> conditions for those so situations. There's a, a security expert named Will. Uh, I hope I pronounce his surname correctly. Strafik. S-T-R-A-F-A-C-H. I followed him for years on Twitter. He goes under the Twitter name Chronic. Uh, but he's an outstanding uh, uh, security expert who's, who's you know, either uncovered all sorts of shenanigans over the years or, or can analyze shenanigans that are discovered by others. And so TechCrunch reached him, you know, for expert commentary uh, you know, and it to me, it's this whole thing. Like uh, TechCrunch has been on a real roll. It's it's truly. I thought it was an outstanding report because they they sometimes when a bigger publication, like say the New York Times or somebody, gets something technical, they you see that they get technical things wrong or they yeah. go to the wrong. They go to like an analyst 
for mm-hmm. like a business analyst for commentary, as opposed to TechCrunch, who went to a legitimate, well-known, highly regarded security expert. Anyway, here's what he said. Um, this is a quote he gave to Facebook. This hands Facebook continuous access to the most sensitive data about you, and most users are unable to reasonably consent. There is no good way to artic- articulate just how much power is handed to Facebook when you do this. I thought that the, that the key part of that is, well, A, good to emphasize that, yes, this hands over, it, you, that it's hard to even say how much how much Facebook knows about what you're doing on your phone when you consent to this. Um, but I, this idea that, that users are unable to reasonably consent, and I think that's going to be controversial or, or people will disagree. Yeah. Um, like I saw this morning, there was a headline that Facebook's controversial data tracking, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this isn't controversial because there's not really people on the other side. Like controversy is when there's people <laughs> arguing one side and other people arguing the other, you know, taxes are too high. No, taxes are too low. Well, there's two groups. It's controversy. Um, uh, nobody's really saying, Hey, this is okay. Um, Although there was one guy on Twitter, uh, and I don't want to call him out by particular, but it's a somewhat reasonable take. His take was sort of the, hey, it's a free country. I think he even said it in the tweet to me that, hey, it's a free country. It's not like they surreptitiously installed this. They, you know, paid people $20 a month, told them, you know, what it does, and they agreed to it. Um, now, that, that but angle, it, yeah. <laughs> well, that disregards the you're violating Apple's terms. But I, so I think, he, and I think he knows that I, this guy, I don't think he was uh, saying, yeah, that yeah, right, that. Right, right. I think he was just talking about the general moral universe yeah. uh, of this action. Right. I, I side with Strafik that people, they, they, yes, people agreed to the terms, but I don't think that, that normal people, most people could really understand the profoundness of, of what they're handing over to Facebook. Yeah. And we don't. We, there is other things that we don't. There, we don't allow predatory lending practices. I mean, well, you know, we well, allow some, but we don't. We, we don't. We don't have enough restrictions on right. predatory lending practices. Right. I will say that, but there are certain restrictions on predatory lending practices. Right, and in fact, and it's actually, I feel like that's one of the areas where the United States really needs to uh, take take back. That's a great analogy, in my in my opinion, right? Like payday lending at, yeah. at exorbitant exorbitant interest rates. Uh, well, and you think about the kind of I mean, like you you could make the some people I've seen making the argument like, well, who would do this and why would they do it? Well, like if you don't have very much money, two hundred forty bucks a year might seem like an awful lot, and that might seem like oh, okay, well, you know, Facebook's getting something, they're getting something, so right. why not? Well, <laughs> because Facebook is getting a lot more than. Uh, it, the people it, who are getting the money realize it is true and and i don't you know i don't want to say it's the capital l libertarian parties but it, lowercase l libertarian philosophy that you know people should be free to make their own choices would suggest that even you know a payday lending place that tells you hey we're going to charge 20 percent interest per week uh you know if they charge what they told you and you agreed to it then why is that not allowed, right? Why can't you choose willingly and openly to pay 20% weekly interest or whatever, you know, they might want to charge. And I'm of the opinion, and I think the majority of, you know, uh, people would agree that part of the role of government is to protect people, you know, protect the populace from themselves. And the truth is uh, too many people don't, don't understand how interest works. You know, it's, 
you know, it, you know, we're getting into philosophical ground here, but yeah, uh, you know, I I think that there should be things that are outlawed, even if it, not because they're deceptive, but it just because it's outrageous, right? It, there's it, they're simply taking advantage of, uh, they're taking advantage. It's companies taking advantage of people. I just read a thing the other day. Another example. It is legal right now, and I really, really feel like it's something that the United States has really ought to crack down on our um, overdraft fees in bank accounts. Mm. And mm -hmm. I forget the stat. I think it was like, I don't know if it was for the quarter or the year, but somebody had a, you know, and they had a link citing it, but effectively they were like us banks made $3.5 billion last. I'm going to say year $3.5 billion on overdraft fees, which means they took $3.5 billion from people who were broke. Yeah. All right. Right. Uh, it's, and you know, all right. So maybe your checking account it was is empty, but you weren't broke because you had a savings account. But but effectively, that's three point five billion dollars from people whose checking account was down to zero. That uh, yeah. it, it's right. it's wrong, right? And and yes, you you know when you sign up for your bank account and you get this booklet of all the rules and regulations. I'm sure it's written in there exactly what the overdraft fee is, exactly how it can get triggered. I'm sure it's all perfectly you know and, and has been triple checked by all of their lawyers. Again, I just don't think I, I don't think it's right, you know, and and I yeah. don't think I think Strafik is right that uh, you can't expect non-technical people to understand exactly what they're giving over to Facebook in this case. Right. Yeah, I mean, I obviously <laughs> completely agree. And there are many more cases that we can I mean, other examples of similar things that we could cite. But yeah, uh, I think the interesting thing, one of the interesting angles here is the the sort of game of chicken that Facebook is obviously willing to play with <laughs> yeah. Apple, right? Because if, if you and I started a company and we made an app and, and we used our developers, if we did exactly what Facebook did and we, you know, used it, you know, well, just did exactly what they did. It paid people $20 a month and used our developer beta certificate to go around the app store and install a VPN that was collecting all of their data. Uh, the John and John company <laughs> is, is their apps in the app store are probably going away. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably not much of an appeal process. Uh, you know, I, I, there's an obvious angle to this. And again, this is where I was going minutes ago with my, look, I know Apple is not the law, but when we talk legally, there's, there's a, 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 principle that you know doesn't really hold true effectively but it in it's it's a good guiding light which is that the law applies equally to everyone no one's above the law uh it is hard not to see say that that bigger companies in the app store are right well that's what i was gonna say it's like <laughs> that's clearly not exactly how the app store has played out but right it you know if you're big enough you get treated differently uh you know a good example of that was uber a couple of years ago uh, was caught geofencing Apple's campus uh, in their app. I forget exactly why, but the gist of it was the Uber app acted differently when the geo, the location was within blank of Apple's campus in Cupertino and outside that area. <laughs> acted differently so that when on the assumption that it was going to be tested by app store testers 
in Cupertino, they would see, they would miss behavior. They would, they wouldn't see behavior that Uber was trying to hide from Apple. And, you know, once uncovered, you could prove that the app was doing this, right? It, you, you know, you don't have to have the source code to notice that it does this only when you're not near Apple's campus. It's not like Uber, you know, Uber did not get kicked out of the app store. Uh, you know, Apple mm -hmm. probably made a phone call. Yeah. You know, which I wouldn't it be great. I wish someday it would be great if Apple just released all these uncomfortable phone calls. <laughs> uncomfortable phone calls we've made to app store violators. Like, wouldn't you love to hear that call? Uh, it's, you know, hard not, again, it's hard not to think that if uh, you and I submitted an app to Apple that. <laughs> Tried yeah. to geofence right. uh, Cupertino. Yeah, seriously, we're not still going to be in the app store. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's it really seems like Facebook has a sort of a sort of assumes that they can do whatever they want until they get caught and pay no price for it. Because what are you what are you going to do? Pull Facebook from the app store and say there's no Facebook on iPhone? Yeah. And well, I, it's for. I mean, you know, in this instance, it is fortunate in a way that it well i mean i don't know if it's fortunate or not because eventually it seems like this is going to come to a head but that apple was able to do something that really does seem like it's hurting facebook internally without pulling the you know the the public facing app yeah uh i don't know but it's you know it, yeah. it's an interesting dynamic to me that facebook i think you know implicitly it seems to believe that they can keep keep breaking as many rules as they want and they'll just have to stop doing it, you know, stop doing the thing and face no further repercussions because what's Apple going to do? Pull them from yeah. the App Store? And I actually see that, I, you know, I see that they have a point. It would be, you know, what would typical app, you know, what if can, can Facebook cross a line where Apple would literally pull that Facebook app from the App Store? Yeah, it would be interesting to see what would happen because I mean, if they would just like said, "Okay, we're just on Android now," right? It's that's you know, which is you know, it seems unlikely, but it's possible, right? There has to be some line that they could cross, you yeah. know, and, and that would have that happen. And what would iPhone owning Facebook users think? And you know, would that in would that death penalty include all of their apps, which would include Instagram? uh whatsapp mm. yeah uh i mean it's it, it it they hold even with the app store in place they hold an enormous amount of power in this relationship and and in terms of you know uh you know it, it in some ways it's incomprehensible to think that they apple would pull facebook instagram and whatsapp from the app store yeah yeah now you you've never had a Facebook account, right? I have not. I'm thinking about yeah. signing up though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get twenty dollars a month, man. Uh, I'm also also thinking uh, about <laughs> taking up cigarette smoking <laughs> and heroin. Yeah. Um, I had one and I deleted it uh, last like September or something like that, August, September, sometime around then. And um, uh, but my wife uh, relies on it heavily. And she, for years she relied on it just to like keep in touch with her parents who used to live back East and now have since moved out here. So that's less of a factor. But, um, one of the things that, I mean, she uses it for work because she's a private investigator. And one of the, one of the amazing things about it is that people are so careless with the stuff that they put on, 
uh, Facebook that it is a great boon to her business because she's able to figure things out about people and, you know, find people that she's looking for and do stuff like that um, just through Facebook. Yeah. And when you see, and you see all sorts of stories all the time about people's, you know, just uh, from politics to uh, uh, gossip type scandals, you know, all sorts of stuff ends up, you know, like through stuff that was posted on Facebook. Like, yeah, they have, you know, uh, I don't know how much of it is through dark pattern design and how much of it is simply human nature on the part of users, you know, that once they're using it, they get comfortable. Um, but yeah, people, you know, clearly share all sorts of stuff. I, I will say this, you know, that I have an Instagram account. I, I signed up for Instagram the first day that Instagram went was in the app store. Like, and I had heard of it before. I know MG Siegler was a beta tester and I'd seen him tweet. Like they weren't exactly like, they weren't completely cloaked. You know, there was, uh, um, and I, th you know, that there were beta users of Instagram who were tweeting like screenshots and stuff. So I kind of knew the gist of what it was going to be. And I thought it looked pretty cool. And, uh, I think I probably learned from MG when, you know, like, Hey, it's in the app store now. And I, you know, I, I'd been intrigued by it. And of course in a panic really wanted to get at Gruber. So I quick downloaded <laughs> it and I was like, got it. Uh, so I've been using it literally since the, the day that it hit the app store. And, uh, and I used to like it a lot, and now I like it less. Um, but I, as still a continuing user of Instagram, I don't take any sanctimonious angle on my I've never had a Facebook account because I, at this point, having an Instagram account and continuing to use it puts me on no better whatever you want to call it, moral or, you know, again, sanctimonious ground. Yeah. Right. Like I, I might as well have a Facebook account for all that matters. You know, I'm sure they're yeah. tracking everything through it. You know, so I'm, I'm on the fence about whether to get off Instagram. But yeah, I am. I am as well. I am on Instagram still. Yeah, but I have used it. I've started using it a lot less than I used to. I don't sure. think. I don't think I've talked about this on the show. For if famously, well, famously in my mind, I didn't see ads, and I continued not to oh, see yeah. any ads in Instagram. And yeah. that, that gravy train ended for me, I'm going to say, like, two months ago? Maybe yeah, three. I, I, yeah, you mentioned this someplace, and yeah. I, uh, it 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 worked for me for a while, and then, but it's been, you know, it's been at least, I mean, it's been well over a year for sure. I don't know. I've never understood. I don't know anybody at Instagram. I don't know. I never understood why I wasn't getting ads for so long. Uh, I certainly wasn't. I, I was curious. I, in some ways, I was like, I'd like to see these ads. I hear about them. Um, boy, I sure missed the days when I did, didn't have Instagram ads. Because <laughs> boy, oh boy, did they show a lot of them. Like, and I don't know if that was it. Was I, I would presume that for most Instagram users, it was the uh, slow slowly temperature rising frog in a pot you know that you know it started a little warm and then it got hotter slowly over time but when you yeah. go from no ads to the late 2008 number of ads it is <laughs> jarring yeah i i would honestly estimate i i presume this is typical i i would say at least one out of four posts in my instagram stream is an ad possibly closer to one out of three yeah. That it's like the, the thing that's the thing that's super annoying is that they 
look just like everything else. Yep. And and the people who are making the ads go to great lengths in order to try to make them look like pictures that some friend of yours took. Yeah. One of the things that I really, I mean, I, you know, I, I wish Tumblr was, Tumblr has many problems and I hardly use Tumblr anymore. But one of the, I think the way they implemented ads was a lot better because it's, when it scrolls, it's scroll, it's like, it's like you're scrolling up and the posts go away and like suddenly this ad reveals and then you keep scrolling and then more of your posts come back up over the ad. Hmm. So it looks like the ad is like a static thing in the background. Hmm. I, um, I don't use Tumblr anymore. I'll have to take yeah, a look. Yeah, I know. I mean, I barely use it either. But um, it's just a much, it's a much more refreshing way to, <laughs> to have to deal with ads on a platform. Like, if you're going to do it, I wish they would do it that way. But of course, they don't want to do it that way yeah. because they want you to think that it's like some post that your friend made. Uh, I will say their ads are strikingly accurate. I mean, they're they're way more. <laughs> So they really why. are. <laughs> I mean, some of it is obvious. I follow a bunch of watch brands on Instagram, so I see a lot of watch type stuff. Um, but I saw, I got an, ad. I don't know where they got it. I mean, but I saw an ad for American Giant. American Giant is that company that a couple of years ago they they make uh, like hoodies and sweatshirts and stuff like that. They're they're like a almost like a higher end American apparel. Uh, who doesn't really exist anymore, but they, they made a, a hoodie that like five or six years ago uh, was heralded as the greatest hoodie ever made. And all of a sudden it was like backordered by six months and I actually own one. I have one uh, and it is a very nice hoodie, um, but they showed me an ad and uh, I, that was interesting. And then I actually tapped on it to see more. And then, oh my God, did I start getting ads for hoodies and American giant? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I got an ad about a week ago. I saw an ad in my Instagram feed for some kind of, uh, like an elastic strap you put on your shoulders. Sort of looks like, you know, how like the James Bond, uh, holster that he puts for putting a gun under his suit. Yeah. Like that right. sort of thing. But, it, you know, symmetric. And the idea is you put it on and it helps with your posture. It keeps your shoulders back or oh, something. Okay. You can wear it under yeah. clothes. I could so probably use that. That that seemed to – I well, a, you know, maybe my posture could use some help too. But I, I it intrigued me because it seemed like it was out of nowhere. Or though on the other hand, I was like, <laughs> do they know I have bad posture? <laughs> I, I, like it, their, their other stuff is accurate enough that it kind of spooked me. We've looked into pictures of you. But <laughs> as an experiment – You need I, this. As an experiment, I tapped it. And all of a sudden I started getting ads for the same sort of device, but from like three or four different companies. Like, I mean, mm. so in some sense that is, it's not like, wow, what a crazy AI, you know, Skynet type system they must have to target me. At some level, the initial ads did have that aspect. Like, how did they, how did they know that I'm interested in some of this stuff? Like it actually is up my alley. But then once you click on something, it's just the most obvious thing possible. They just show you as many yeah. variations of this thing right. as possible. Right. So I don't know. A la, like, um, Amazon. Yeah. I've seen people say, wouldn't it, you know, could Apple take on Instagram? Could Apple do a, uh, uh, something that is like Instagram, but, <laughs> without all the bad stuff of Instagram. Uh, this comes up every time you complain about Instagram. Yeah. I Well, that's the one. I mean, the one thing that I've started doing more of is sharing just through shared uh, iPhoto yes. folders, whatever, yeah. whatever they're called. Uh, yeah. yeah, iCloud sharing groups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Just with my family. Because, I mean, the one thing that I feel bad about, like if I completely get off of Instagram is, you know, my mom and my dad won't be able to see pictures of Hank and stuff like that. Um, but... 
you know, I just, I share a folder with them and now problem solved. Yeah. So I, I, to me, that's not an Instagram thing. Cause I don't No, It's not, no, it's not the same at but all. I, I but I think it's, it a, it's a, that particular part of the problem. It is a Facebook alternative though. Right. Cause that's the yeah. sort of thing people use Facebook for is, right. you know, the, you know, your niece has a third birthday party and you take a bunch of pictures. You don't want to post them publicly. So Facebook is a sort of thing where you can post them privately. <laughs> uh, the iCloud sharing thing takes that role. In my life, you know, we have uh, some just a few shared groups, like one for, you know, just me and Amy and Jonas, one for Amy's side of the family, uh, which is more active. And I think there's one where my mom is invited. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. She has iCloud, so I think yeah. there is. Um, but, you know, that's what we put there. I take pictures of like a niece or nephew's birthday party, and then I'll post the good ones there. Um, I don't know, though, because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Apple doesn't really have a great record with social media networks. <laughs> Just put them all in ping. All right. Hold on a second. Let me take a break and uh, yeah. and uh, hit the money button here. Uh, i tell you about our good friends at Casper. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supporting supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. Mattresses. That's what Casper specializes in. Look, you spend one-third of your life sleeping. I spend well over a third of my life sleeping. So you should be comfortable. Trust me. I mean, it's it's I, sleep is my favorite thing, to be, tell you the truth. The experts at Casper, they, they, they're, they're not just white-labeling mattresses and putting a Casper sticker on them. They've got an engineering team, mattress engineers. It sounds like a joke, but everything is engineered. Everything's designed. Casper designs their own mattresses. They design the material. They design every aspect of it. Uh, and they have a breathable design, all of their mattresses that helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature throughout the night. They offer three mattresses. They got the regular Casper mattress that used to be the only one, but they've got two new ones that they released in the last year or so. The wave and the essential, the wave features a patent pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body. And they have the essential, which has a streamlined design and a price that, as they say, won't keep you up at night. In other words, it's a lower price, but it's still a great mattress. <laughs> and they offer a wide array of other products, pillows, sheets, that sort of thing. Anything sleep-related you can get from Casper. And it's all designed, developed, and assembled right here in the United States. Now, they've got affordable prices, really affordable prices for premium mattresses compared to mattress stores because they've cut out the middleman. They make, they design them, they make them, and they ship them directly to you. There is no, you know, retail mattress operation. Uh, now, you can do this, though. You can buy these internet mattresses from Casper with the safety, the, the, the security of knowing that you can get a hassle-free return if you're not completely satisfied. 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. That's uh, just amazing. You get three full months, and you don't like it? No hassle. They'll just come right to your house, take it back, give you all your money back. And they've got free shipping and free returns in the U.S. and Canada, so our friends up north can partake in the Casper fun as, as well. Uh, look, we've got Casper mattresses here in the house. We love them. They're terrific products. They last for years. I, I've been Casper's been sponsoring the show for years now. We've got one that they sent before the first first time they sponsored the, t the talk show. Still seems as good as new. Um, and they got a special offer for those of you who listen to the show. You can save fifty bucks, 
towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash talk show and using that code talk show, no the, just talk show, all one word at checkout. That's casper.com slash talk show. Select mattresses, 50 bucks off using that special code talk show. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about the idea of an Apple alternative to Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. and what is it, you know, is, is the uh, stories feature integral to Instagram? I mean, I don't, I don't use the stories thing. I don't get it. Yeah, I know I I'm either. old. I know people. I don't even know how to do it. <laughs> I, I saw Marco. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I get over in that area and it's like, where the hell am I? Uh, yeah. I really miss when Instagram was, you follow people and then they, they carefully select their photos they want to post. They tend to either be like momentous occasions or just particularly pleasing photos. And then you stream down and in a chronological order, you see the posts, the photos from the people who you chose to follow. And then if you're all heavily filtered, right. And then if you want to, there's comments that are uh, neatly organized as, you know, one level in, you know, so if you want to see them, you can, but if you don't, uh, you don't have to like scroll past them. Uh, and then that was it. I really, I, I yeah. that's the Instagram I liked and I'm, you know, I, I'm sure they're making much more money now than they were before. Uh, but boy, I sure miss that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, me too. You know, uh, in theory, Apple could do it, you know, and, you know, it could be iPhone only. And then it's all, all of them are implicit. You don't have to tag them shot with iPhone. I get, well, I mean, I guess you can't keep people from uploading a, uh, uploading other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, keep it iPhone, iOS only, uh, how they would deal with usernames. I don't know. Right. Because you wouldn't want to expose your Apple ID, right. You, you might want to, but you, you probably, I wouldn't, you know, you know, it's not like you want people all of a sudden FaceTiming you, which will get to another segment of the show in a bit. Uh, right. I don't want my Apple ID as my, uh, you know, in the hypothetical world where Apple launched an Instagram competitor, um, for publicly posting images in a timeline, you know, you'd want to have a username that was separate from your Apple ID. I mean, I guess Apple could just open up a new username space, you know, and have, there'd be like a gold rush to claim your, your desired right. name. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Apple would do it. I, I don't think they really have an interest in it. I, I see how they have an interest in the private iCloud photo sharing, uh, which again is a great feature. I don't know that they have an interest in the public Instagram type thing. No, it seems like another one of those things like, uh, the, you know, making books from pictures and, yeah. uh, and photos that, uh, they would, if they did it, that they would do it for a while and then they go, eh, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. And that's, a, that's one where they were already doing it. All they had to do is yeah. keep doing it. And they had so little interest in it that they canceled it. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, you know, and, and, you know, given their track record with ping and, uh, they even yeah, just, I, just canceled. I, don't, I don't see, I definitely don't see it happening. Yeah. It's, it, you know, I don't know what the betting odds would be that it would succeed, but it'd probably be pretty low based on their track record, but at least they would have a chance because it's Apple and they could publicize it and they could get it in front of people with iPhones. You know, they could make it, uh, you know, prompt you in the photos app or something, you know, whereas yeah. it's, it's, I, I think the ship has long since sailed for some, you know, 
again, the John and John startup company <laughs> to start an Instagram clone, right? right. Like, right. like I think if we went around and tried to raise capital to, <laughs> we're going to take on Instagram. Uh, you know, even if we could prove that we had the technical chops to do it, it, it's, it's, you know, at this point it's, we're going to, we're going to use an enterprise certificate. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to download it from a website. But it's a shame because Instagram is the, the good parts of Instagram still remain good, but man, they're getting buried in there. Yeah. Yeah. We used to all be on Flickr. Remember? I mean, like yeah. that was a, that was the big thing right before Instagram. And then everybody jumped ship to Instagram and killed Flickr. And yeah. then now, I mean, the Flickr app is not bad. Yeah. Now. But it, it's a different it's, but mindset it's, though, right? Like, no, the, it's completely, yeah. Right. And, and because Facebook or not Facebook, Flickr predated like Flickr should have, in theory, been Instagram before Instagram, but it would have I would have required Flickr to do what Facebook has done fairly well, which is know when to put stuff in Facebook proper and know when to buy Instagram or buy WhatsApp, right? They, what Flickr mm -hmm. should have done is spin out a separate app for this concept of of curated streaming because yeah. the thing with Flickr is that it, they, the design of Flickr is, I, I haven't used it much in years, but it, I, I presume though it's still the same where the idea though, is if you go on a trip, you upload all your pictures from the trip to Flickr, right? Not just the, the keepers. Right. And so if you're following me, you don't want to see 20 pictures in a row of me at Disney yeah. world. You want to see yeah, the right. one, right? Right. Uh, and that's, yeah. And they don't, they don't show, I think they do a similar thing to the, thing where you can post multiple pictures to Instagram. Like, so if you upload, like you see yeah. one yeah. for that whole set. Right. And then and you, you can, can thumb, you can, you can thumb sideways through the other ones. Um, right. but you don't have to see all of them. Yeah. I did see, I have to look into it. I hope I'm not too late. I saw something where, uh, you know, Flickr is under new management now. And, yeah. uh, there's some kind of thing where you got to pay to keep your Flickr right. going. And I, yeah. I've got enough, ones there that I kind of want to, I don't want to lose them. I don't want them yeah. to go 404. Like I don't really use it. I don't actively use Flickr. So it seems wrong to pay. That's the thing. Right? Yeah. I didn't either. I was, I, I, and I had been paying for pro for years for some reason. Uh, and then I, you know, I finally like right before they got bought, I discontinued it. I stopped paying for it. And then the new, I think the new fee is like, it used to be 25 bucks and now it's like 50. And I was just like, oh, man, I just don't, I mean, I like, I didn't use it enough for 25 bucks. I don't think I'm going to be using it enough for 50. So, uh, but they, yeah, you can download your, your old, all your old photos. So I well, did that. And then I, and I went, so they, you can keep a thousand, like up to a thousand hmm. in the regular account you know like for free yeah. um and so i went through and i just deleted a bunch that i decided weren't worth keeping anyway yeah i don't know what the deadline is on that but i got it's february it's mid-february all right well then i got time uh i'll wait till the last day <laughs> i like Stay an idiot week. i've got stuff there that's not just personal too i've got daring fireball stuff there like i have even just as recently i think as a couple months ago shooting iphone camera comparisons posted you know the the you know, here's the old camera. Here's the new camera comparisons on Flickr. Um, just because yeah. I don't really have a good mechanism. I don't have a, not even any mechanism really for that sort of thing on daring fireball itself. Um, and you know, it was always a good way, uh, you know, because Flickr does all the moderation, like being able to comment on those photos, you know, it never went out of control. It wasn't like there were 400 comments on them because I posted them from daring fireball, but you know, people could comment them on them, uh, 
And so, you know, I, like, I feel like I can legitimately call it a business expense to keep it going so that those previous, those sure. years worth of things keep going. But anyway, Flickr, <laughs> not going to yeah. beat Instagram. No. Uh, Sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think we beat this uh, Facebook thing to death. Yep. Let's go to the FaceTime bug. Okay. Oh, what a doozy. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> So group, it was group FaceTime, right? And so you make yep. a group FaceTime call and you can hear and see the person before they pick up. Yeah. So the trick to trigger it was I call you, your phone starts ringing. While your phone is ringing with the FaceTime call from John Gruber, I go down to the add person button to do great group FaceTime and add myself, add, add me. I don't know how that's even possible, but then once I do that, for your phone starts broadcasting the audio to me, what even though you haven't answered it, right? Uh, and that uh, there's a I don't know how reliable this was. Supposedly, then if if you hit the power button or I hit the power button, I'm not sure which way it was. Somehow, there's a way that in some cases people were able to trigger video as well that it would yeah. start broadcasting video. Uh, bad bug, really, not a nightmare bug. There's no other way to underplay it. It's it surely was uh, a real jolt. Once Apple, somebody at Apple, you know, the FaceTime team really got their hands on what was going on. I'm sure it was, you know, a, a truly electric flop sweat moment. Because <laughs> that's bad, right? And it just, yeah. it, it's as bad as it sounds, right? Right. It's not, sure it and of course people, you know, took it too far. <laughs> Because that's the world we live on. Everybody's got to take it to the extreme and say that it's, yeah. you know, that it was, it, it enabled surreptitious surveillance. And there was an obvious trail, right? Like you, you're going to, if it happened to your phone, if somebody took advantage of it, let's say you're, you didn't even hear it ringing, like you left your phone in, on your desk or something and went away, you, there still is a notice that you got a FaceTime call, right? It's not, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's not too hard to turn off FaceTime, you know. But you'd know that you got a FaceTime call. It's not like somebody could do it and your phone didn't even ring or light up and people could use it to listen to you. It's, you know, it's not that bad. Although if some people wrote about it as though it were. Yeah. Uh, I think the worst, I mean, the, the, it's bad. It's a, it's a bad bug and it obviously should never, should never have shipped that way. And that's a very weird, it's, it's a very weird thing to have happen. Yeah. Uh, it, but um, it, I mean, I think the worst thing is that they seem to have been notified about it like almost a week beforehand, right? Right. That there was a 14-year-old kid who apparently discovered this while setting up a FaceTime with his friends while gaming, uh, which is, of course, a huge thing, uh, you know, using any, you know, FaceTime or, or uh, there's something called Discord that Jonas uses now. Uh, you know, FaceTime's obviously iPhone, iOS, Apple only. Um, but even if you're playing PC games, if everybody in your circle has iPhones, you could use FaceTime. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, kid was trying to set it up, uncovered this. Um, and then his mom seemingly did everything. She's apparently an attorney in Arizona and, you know, so not a technical expert. And her messages to Apple were clear about that, but a very clear communicator uh, – 
and and seemingly did everything she could possibly do. Like she went to yeah. Apple support, you know, which is probably not the right place, but you know, it's a good start and eventually got directed to the actual channel where you're supposed to report security issues and submitted it. And I think with enough, an accurate enough, reasonable, accurate enough steps to reproduce, you know, cause that's always the thing with, with bugs, you know, uh, uh, all mm-hmm. bugs should be reported, but if you yeah, can, this, this thing happened and I don't know why. And yeah. Yeah. But a bug report that says here, do, do a B C D in that order. And you expect blank to happen. And instead this happens is a great bug report, especially if it really can't be reproduced on other devices, not just your device. And this apparently could be reproduced on anybody's device. Um, uh, yeah, like a week ago, and it seemingly, you know, did not trigger any response from Apple. And the, you yeah. know, I don't think we know what what the what explanation internally went on. Right. right? Were they? Did they recognize what was happening and were hoping to fix this quietly without having any publicity, or was this ignored? Whether because they get a thousand of these things a day and it was lost in the shuffle, or uh, you know, they just, it, the whole thing just goes right down that circle. You know, like I said, the circular file. Yeah. Uh, I, the, I mean, you think you get faster is the, I mean, what, what would you do? What would you and I do? I mean, the thing, so years ago, Hank discovered that if you, if you said butts to Siri, um, it would bring up the Wikipedia entry for anal sex. <laughs> I believe this has come up on the show before. Yeah, well, yeah, I it think should come up every time. Shortly, shortly after the after this, and so um, the butts incident. I uh, yeah, right. The butts, the famous butts incident of uh, 2012 or whenever it was. Um, I talked about it on Twitter, and then I I filed a bug report um, because I had a you know developer account, um, and that seemed to get that seemed to get some traction. And actually, I mean, I think within like a week or so, it was it was closed. Oh, that's the other <laughs> thing that this the mother did. The mother at one point was told to file a radar, which yeah. is really out there. Uh, I mean, and and so <laughs> right. she did though. She saw she's not a developer, but she went as far as to sign up for a developer account and filed okay. a radar about this. Yeah. That's yeah, which is really ridiculous. Going to through the security channel should be enough, uh, right? You know, I I tend to think though that this is a. I don't think that Apple was hiding it. I don't think anybody at Apple who recognized the severity of this tried to hide it. I just I feel, that, yeah. I just feel that it was that the whole thing is sort of a yada yada yada. We don't, you know, there's so much noise we don't bother looking for the signal sort of attitude in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I really think it, that if this had been – if anybody in a position to recognize just how bad this bug is and how bad the publicity is, it would have escalated to the point where they pulled – and, and it, the the temporary fix – Apple has issued a statement saying that there will be a, a software update by the end of this week to address it. But the temporary fix of disabling the group FaceTime server – like I believe that right now as we record, you can't make a group FaceTime. Right. Um uh, uh, that is yeah that i haven't tried but i mean that's my assumption since they took the group facetime server down yes uh you know that's a, a good enough stopgap 
you know, and I I feel like they want to get they they need to fix it in a way that even when the software update is in place, that people who haven't gotten the software update yet aren't affected. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how they do that. But, you know, but in the meantime, anybody who I really firmly believe that anybody at Apple who had recognized this properly and if it had gotten to the, you know, next step. Somebody recognizes it and somebody has the ability inside Apple, you know, and presumably the people reading those, you know, the security report channel would have this ability to contact the FaceTime team and the FaceTime team would reproduce it and then immediately go and hit that button that turns off. Oh, holy shit. You know, I I would turn off the group FaceTime server before contacting, you know, (laughs) Phil Schiller. I mean, I, I would, you know, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't wait. I, I, if you had the, if you had the ability to, to hit that red button to turn off the group FaceTime server, I would hit it at that point. I mean, it's that bad. Uh, yeah. I really yeah. think that it was a, uh, what are you going to say? Over, you know, just, uh, just not paying enough attention, not willfully trying to hide this. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I, I but, it's just out of character. They do for have Apple. A, I mean, they have a so, but, so it seems like it's a process problem, right? Yeah, I would say it's very much a process problem, and it does seem like it's not the first time that this kind of thing has happened, right? But uh, you know, somebody brought up there was something that somebody reported on a on like a support forum recently. I forget what the issue was, but there was a bad bug, and somebody filed a, a you know like on the help.apple.com support forums or whatever the URL is. I can see that that Apple doesn't go through those and make sure that every single one of the thousands of posts per hour doesn't have a critical security bug that somebody's because it's just too much. But when somebody takes the time to officially report it through the security channel, mm-hmm. boy, you'd like to think that there's a process in place, no matter how how much noise there is through that channel. You'd like to think that there's something looking for, you know, always vigilant for stuff like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when you're a lifeguard at the beach, there's a thousand people in the water, but you really, you know, it's the one who's drowning who you got to look for. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this is not a good look for Apple. But, you know, and I've seen people saying, you know, like it, it is a little coincidental that it's happened at the same time as this Facebook thing. And uh, how can Apple preach about privacy when they have this terrible privacy bug? But it's to me that the fundamental difference here between the two is that this is clearly a bug. This was not yeah, something that they intent. did on purpose, right? It, it, it's it's you know, it's <laughs> is, it, is it manslaughter versus murder? I guess I right. right. It's, whereas Facebook doesn't really have like a whoops, we didn't mean to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't mean to pay people twenty dollars in this program. <laughs> like they don't really have much of a leg to stand for there on in, on intent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Repeated, you know, serial killer. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like to hear something about this process, but I doubt that we will. But no, ho- hopefully. It seem like the kind of thing that would come out. No, but hopefully they're looking at this internally and we'll, we'll address it because it's, yeah. it's not a good look. On the upside, you know, it, it doesn't, I, I, because it, it really only got publicized yesterday. I mean, I don't know how many yeah. people, I don't know how many, jerks tried to take advantage of it yesterday before they shut down the group FaceTime server. But it, I haven't seen any horror stories about it yet. So no. ho- hopefully nobody really got, got taken advantage of in this way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, bugs happen. This is a really bad one though. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I, I keep struggling with this whole thing. Like, I mean, is Apple buggier than they used to be? 
What do, yeah. you, do you have a do you have an opinion on that? Because I remember bugs from days gone by, and you know, it's hard. It's a think hard they thing are. to gauge. I think, and I don't think this is a case of that. I don't know what the code path is here that triggered it. I'm guessing that this is just a. This isn't really sloppiness. It's just some kind of facepalm. Duh, of course, you know, looking at the source code, you know, this this whole add yourself to the group FaceTime thing is such a weird idea. You know, it, hopefully, you know, it should have been tested, but and even if it was tested, I'm not sure that they would test the angle of, hey, the other person hasn't answered yet. You know, like I just feel that there's a there's something here that's just an oversight. I don't think it's ineptitude. I think it's just the sort of bug that anybody, yeah. even a really so it's a, talented it's a testing, it's a flaw in the testing process. As, as I guess. To, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Overall is Apple's stuff buggier than it used to be. I don't think so. I just, yeah, I, think, I don't think so either, but yeah, I see a lot of people claiming that that's true. Yeah. I don't see bugginess. What I see that is worse than it used to be is an eye for details. You know, that there are, yeah. uh, check boxes that don't align <laughs> align with their labels, you know, that are two pixels <laughs> off. I really Those are do the things that you would notice more than other people. <laughs> right. And they're the sort of thing that Apple never got wrong because, <laughs> and the reason they almost never got stuff like that wrong is that every single engineer at Apple had the eye that, that sense, you know, that they cared about things like having the label for the checkbox perfectly align with the checkbox. Uh, like it just was what it's what drew people to the Mac in the first place and would draw a, a software engineer to want to work at Apple writing this apps and control panels and system prep panels for Apple is that they cared about details like that. Uh, and there's obviously, you know, a sort of as they've grown the headcount, I'm not sure that they've managed to maintain the the culture as well. So I see yeah. more stuff like that, like just little HIG violations that it's like, Oh my God, nobody would ever do that. Dialogue boxes. Like if you have two dial, if you have two boxes in a dialogue, uh, like cancel and do the thing, those two buttons should be the same width, no matter, you know? Yeah. Um, so like, for example, if you, if it's just cancel and okay, and it, you know, it's properly spelled just okay. The okay button shouldn't be the size of the word okay. It should be at least as wide as the cancel button. Right. Um, and I see a bunch of dialog boxes throughout the, the uh, Mac OS 10 now where the, 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 the okay button, whether it says okay or something else is smaller than the cancel button. And it just bothers me every time. Like the, di I know one of them is the, the dialogue box that you get when you author I, what I just talked about, like if Jonas goes to buy something and I approve it, it's like when I type my Apple ID password in to approve it, the, the button that you click is smaller than the cancel button. And mm -hmm. it's drives me nuts every goddamn time. <laughs> Cause I just can't see how anybody who works at Apple doesn't know that you don't do that. And in right. fact, the guides in, if you use the actual guides in interface builder in Xcode, it should auto size them that way. Like you have to go out of your way to make a button smaller. Yeah. <laughs> smaller yeah, they think that. they think that they're doing something better. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I see some stuff like that, and I I don't want to take up the rest of the show, but I the my my still in progress rant about the uh, Marzipan apps. You know, I, mm, I just don't oh, yeah. like the fact that they got approved. To me, is a sign of yeah. the same sort of thing. Like, right? You know, they're just weird in so many ways and unmac like, and I don't see it. But I don't I don't think bugginess is a problem. I've said this before too. My big complaint with Apple 
in I don't know how far back it goes. It's a long, longish trend. Uh, and I've been saying this for years and obviously to no effect, but my big problem is that they have sort of, without saying so, clearly switched to a policy of preferring silent failure over showing an explicit error dialogue. So all sorts of stuff that can go wrong often goes wrong and you don't see any error. Like, you know, I, I just as an example, like if you're, 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 uh, 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 I photos, encounter you you got a bum photo in your photo library and that photo won't sync to your iCloud library it just doesn't sync to the iCloud library they don't show you an error and say hey this photo is corrupt and tell you which mm. photo it is like i had a thing and and this was years ago and i think they fixed it i i'm really really happy i hate to single out iCloud photo syncing because iCloud photo syncing has been incredibly good for me in the last few years uh, just incredibly good and f like surprisingly fast even when i've shot like a bunch of 4k videos and stuff like that syncs to other devices very fast but a couple of years ago i had a thing that was driving me up a uh, just like somebody couldn't target driving me insane better was that <laughs> when it tells you at the bottom how many photos you have i had one device i forget which device it doesn't even matter but i had like two macs an iphone and ipad and one of them had one fewer <laughs> items <laughs> Or one more. I forget if it was one more Probably or one, one fewer. It must have been one more, right? I think it was if one it was more. corrupted, it would be on that yeah. device, but would not sync to the other ones. Yeah, it had one more photo than all the other devices and never showed me an error. It just had a different count. And yeah. I, I mean, I honest to God, it is lucky that I didn't have an aneurysm. I mean, maybe somebody <laughs> at Apple who doesn't like me wrote this bug to drive me insane. But I, I mean, and how do you find it? And I figured it out. Eventually, I figured out that you can make there's a way to make a smart library, a smart album on the Mac version of photos, where the criteria is, is not synced to iCloud, something like that, you can say, show me all the photos that are not synced to iCloud, which should be empty at all times. And I had oh, one that's, photo. That's interesting. Yeah, it was actually a photo of me and Ohm Malik and Matt Mullenweg at the uh, I actually remember the exact photo at the uh, Yankees Astros wildcard game three or four years ago. Uh, <laughs> and it, the worst part, it was a duplicate. I had two versions of the photo somehow. So I could delete the one that was somehow not. Uh, once I figured out which one it was, I just deleted it. And I didn't even lose the photo because I, I, I had the identical photo. I had another copy of the photo in my library at the time. Yeah. But I actually remember that. I also remember that the Yankees lost that game. Which was terrible. <laughs> Freaking Dallas Keuchel. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's a real shame. But anyway, that drove me nuts. But anyway, but the fact that the thing that really drove me nuts is that they didn't show me an error message. Clearly, that it could have, right? They knew there yeah. some the syncing process knew that this photo was stubbornly not going to iCloud. Why not show me an error dialogue and help me find which one of the twenty nine thousand items is the, is the problem? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't, I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't have a, another, list. but there's all sorts of things that I think yeah, Apple does. I'm sure you can come up with some examples with, in iTunes um, of similar stuff Yeah, with music um, because that stuff has always been somewhat problematic. Right. And I don't I, have too much of a problem with it anymore, but um, actually I never had a huge problem with it, but you'd, you'd often get weird results of like, I would have the studio version of a song on my Mac. And then when I would sync a playlist, it would put in like a live version of the right. same song. 
and I, I, the reason it offends me, this trend of not giving you errors for that, you know, and just tell you what's, what's, what is the sync problem here? What songs are, 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 is iTunes sync confused by? I get it that it's like a sort of aesthetic ideal that error, error dialogues are ugly and unseemly, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Windows is usually the, the counter example where it's like, we're going to give you an error dialogue for everything. Yeah. And they're they're going to cascade. Yeah, <laughs> you have to close all of them. See, uh, see how fast you can close them. Right. Uh, I, but I think that's the I, you know to me, it, it's blaming the wrong thing. the uh, The problem isn't the error dialogue. The problem is the bug that resulted in the error dialogue. Right. Yeah. It, and, and when you don't just, when you don't show that, nobody suffers for the bug. Right. So that's my bigger complaint with Apple's trends. I don't think that they do have more bugs, though, and I don't think the reliability is lower, although there's certain products that are <laughs> could be better. The, the <laughs> having two HomePods in our kitchen thing, I, again, I don't think we have time to really go into it, but it's... <laughs> We, I have to, I have to unplug and replug the HomePods on a surprisingly regular basis. Although mm. in recent weeks, I don't know that I have, so it may finally be getting better. But yeah. in, even through Christmas, it was still semi regularly. All of a sudden, one of the two HomePods in the kitchen would stop playing, or uh, just stop answering. <laughs> You know, it's just a lot and, you know, and unplug it, replug it, fixed it because there is no reset button and you can't tell it to reset. You have to, you know, the only way to reset it is to actually go back to 1978 and pull the plug out of the wall. <laughs> but I wouldn't hold that up as a company wide problem. Yeah. All right. Let me take a break here and thank our next sponsor. It's our good friends at Audible. Look, could listening, just listening, make you a better parent, a better leader, even a better person? Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? Look, it's the new year. There's never been a better time to start listening on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. And now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members that you can't get anywhere else. Hey, they always want you to pick a book. I wasn't going to read this book and now I can't wait to read it. It's a memoir from Lisa Brennan jobs. That's Steve Jobs's first daughter. And it's called small fry because it's a personal memoir and I knew it. And it's not, the book isn't about Steve jobs. It's about her, but he's obviously, you know, he's her father. And they had a fractious relationship. It's obviously, he's obviously in it, but I'm just not a reader of personal life stuff. And in the various jobs, biographies and stuff about his personal life was the least interesting to me. I'm more interested in his life, but Lisa Brennan jobs was on Craig mods on margins podcast. I'm going to put a link to the show on margins, the episode where she was his guest in the show notes, I promise. Um, and it's one of the most remarkable interviews. It's a one hour interview. It's a great show, but Craig is, I can't put you, he's such a good interviewer and Lisa Brennan jobs is an incredibly engaging guest. And they spent the first half of the show talking about the design of the cover. <laughs> so I really, really liked it. Uh, but it really, it, I went from really having no interest in the book, but wanting to hear how she was on my friend Craig Mott's show to at the end of it being, I've got to buy this book. Uh, and it is on Audible, so you can get it. 
uh, and the, the audible version has the same great cover. So you, you'll know what they're talking about when you listen to that. That's small fry by Lisa Brennan jobs. That's my recommendation. I'm going to, I'm going to read that. Anyway, when you become an Audible member, you can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two Audible originals that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs, so you can start the new year off on the right foot fitness-wise. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at the home, at the gym, on a commute, or just on the go. You can enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library that you keep forever, even if you cancel when you buy books. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories, the best place to listen. Get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash talk show or text talk show to 500-500 and listen for a change. That's audible.com slash talk show. What is left? We got the uh, got Apple's financials that came out yeah. yesterday, end of the quarter. Now, this is... In some ways, the least surprising quarterly announcement ever because a month ago, or at least four weeks ago, Tim Cook had issued this extraordinary warning letter to investors, warning that their guidance for the, the quarter they just reported was off by $7 billion, which sounds terrible, but then you realize they still made $84 billion, <laughs> the second right. most in company history, and the, right. therefore the second most in the history of corporations, period. <laughs> Just Which to put, seems insane. Put perspective on it, yeah. um, and as as everybody, you know, when he when he issued that letter at the beginning of January, they knew exactly where they were going to be. They said, "Look, it's going to be eighty four billion." It ends up, it was eighty four point three. But they, you know, right? They 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 could announce something like their their revenue. At, as soon as the quarter's over, like they've got systems in place and no, numbers, like they know, you know. They knew that was going south. It's not like the, I don't know exactly, you know, maybe some of the stuff they report in these things does take some time to compile, but like the big ticket numbers, like the, you know, margin and revenue, they know right away that it's not like somebody's sitting there with a calculator for four weeks. <laughs> Luke, Luca isn't there, you know, one, 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 three, seven, five, six. I bet there's tax stuff and th yeah, I mean, things yeah. like that, that, yeah. I, I, you know, I think that there's some stuff that takes time to compile, but you know, mm -hmm. when he said it's going to be eighty-four billion, you could pretty much bet the house it was eighty-four billion. I th I seem to remember we because I used to work in um, the finance department at a company. I mean, much obviously a bit smaller than Apple, um, but uh, it took us like two weeks to get the finance to get the financial reports out. It used to, like when we, when I got there, it was like it was like a month. Um, and this was back in the mid nineties and, and then we, you know, we, one of the reasons I got hired was to implement a new financial system. And so we did all this stuff. And then eventually after we did all this stuff, it took like two weeks. <laughs> um, I, you know, what else is, you know, so in some ways it wasn't surprising, but it was interesting to me. It was the most interesting I was to read Tim Cook's prepared remarks in a number of quarters to yeah, see. And so they, they, they famously did or not releasing Right, iPhone units anymore, but they gave a lot of other information. Like what? Well, like one of the things they said, they said like 1.4 billion, they installed base, right? Well, they said that the, the, the number I saw was that the installed base, and I think that's just talking iPhone. I don't think it was iOS devices, but whatever, that even though the... No, so, no, so cause they, he said iOS devices, 1.4 billion, and then he said, then they said iPhones was, was 900 million. Yeah, but one of those was up, the active user base was up 100 million for the year. 
uh, even though sales year over year were were down a bit. Uh, and and the explanation for that, the common sense explanation for that, is that with people using iPhones, iPhones lasting longer, um, there are more older iPhones that are in use either through like the secondhand market or through hand-me-downs within a family or among friends, you know, where your kids are using iPhones that were previously the parents and the parents have the new iPhone. And so even though only one new iPhone was bought by somebody who already had an iPhone, the installed base grows because the hand-me-downs in use. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else was, was interesting? Uh, the China explanation, you know, again, not surprising, but, you yeah. know, was was the first thing that he addressed, which is basically... Yeah, the, it was like down 27% or something, right? Yeah. Right I, thought the, China. I thought that... What was it? Was the iPhone... iPhone revenue was down 19%? Is that right? Or is uh, that... It's like iPhone was down pretty bad. <laughs> iPhone was down a lot, but everything else was... Up or no? Every that's it. The nineteen percent was everything else. Apple's non-iPhone business grew nineteen percent, but the yeah, iPhone okay. business shrunk. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, in some ways, you don't. It's not. I'm not trying to spin this as wow, this is good news. But in some ways, it's it's good news that the iPhone is it, it looking like less of an outlier. It's less, you know. Like the other aspects of Apple biz, Apple's business growing and the iPhone coming down to normal makes the, the company a little bit less lopsidedly. Yeah, right, right. Well, it's been a complaint about Apple for a number of years is like, oh, my gosh, the they're so dependent on the iPhone as if something was going to happen to the iPhone. But, um, yeah, I mean, so if they're less dependent on the iPhone, that's probably a little bit better. Right. Like if you own five restaurants and 85% of your revenue comes from one of them it's a little yeah. bit more worrisome you it would be it's better if all five are a little bit you know even if the one is more popular than the others it's better if the others are pulling more of their weight in terms of the overall revenue and profits of the company right uh, mac is up ipad or revenue at least mac revenue is up ipad revenue is up services revenue is way up uh although i've seen some stuff that you know what exactly constitutes a service in Apple's accounting. You know how much of that is 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 smoke and mirrors, and how much is legit. You know because they don't break it down. They don't tell you. Yeah. You know this is from Apple Music. This is from iTunes music and video sales. This well, is why do you say why do you say smoke and mirrors? I mean, what do well, because I think that they're accounting. I think some people speculate that they're accounting for some part of hardware sales as services. Huh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You know, would be though. I don't know. I, you know, that they're, they're, you know, but that it's ambiguously enough defined that they can, I don't know. I'm not accusing them of any kind of fraud. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not sure that everybody buys that the services stuff is, is completely independent of hardware sales. Yeah. What about that margin (laughs) on services? What did they say what it was? I I didn't see that. Like 65%, right? Uh, Wow. Or sixty something. It was sixty something percent. I can't remember right. if it was sixty five, but it was it was it was up there. Oh. Well, and, <laughs> and some like, people are like, "Whoa, that's 
<laughs> that's too much. Well, and, 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 and it because I mean, some of that comes out of like you know the thirty percent thing, so that leads into that argument again. Well, but it makes you wonder because some of it can't be more than thirty percent, right? Because it's coming from a seventy thirty revenue split, right? I, I, so it makes you wonder where, <laughs> where the part that sixty percent comes from, you know. <laughs> I know, and you know, allow me here to hit insert. This is like a the the podcast equivalent of a text expander snippet. Like, let me insert my rant here that I hate. I, I worry deeply that Apple's focus on growing services revenue puts the company's financial interest at direct odds with the user experience of iCloud storage by keeping the free tier at a ridiculous five gigabytes. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think the paid tiers, any of them are out that out of line with what you pay for to They're me. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. To me, to it's, it's that free tier, like five gigabytes mm-hmm. just is not enough. And I really just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, it just bothers me how many people aren't getting iCloud backups of their devices that could be. And, uh, and the services thing where they're trying to make money from people by doing it, which isn't wrong, but I just wish the free tier was more and would, would, would encompass enough more for more people to be able to use it, to back up their entire device, at least like just back up one iPhone. Right. (laughs) Well, you can, I mean, isn't the backup now though is, um, not backing up all the apps, right? No, it doesn't back up the apps because you can down, re-download them from the app store. Yeah. Which so depending on depending on your device, you could back up to a five gigabyte tier. Yeah, but I just feel I just feel like people's I photo know, libraries I I alone. Don't, are, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying right. that um, you could, you know, technically do it. Yeah, I wonder. I would love usage. to know. I'd love to know the numbers on that. What percentage of iPhone users can fit an entire backup in a five gigabyte plan? Yeah, or I guess the more interesting number is what percentage of the ones who are on the free plan can back up their device to iCloud, right? You know, because I think that the whole the fact that you still can back up to iTunes, you know, for free, you know, it's presuming your your whatever Mac or PC you're running iTunes on has a free space for it. Um, I, I I don't I I would like to know what percentage of iPhone users even know that you can connect your iPhone to a PC running or Mac using iTunes and do a backup that way. I, I would guess it's tiny. I mean, I don't, I just don't think that's, that's just not the way people use iPhones anymore. Yeah. And I don't even know that it would occur to most people. I, I don't, I mean, like my mom has an iPhone now. I don't think she, it wouldn't, I don't think it would occur to her in a million years to connect it to her Mac by, by, by USB. Right. Other than to charge it. And I don't. I can't. Really. I can't think of the last time. I, I used to do, for a long time. That's the way I did it. I mean, I did it for like a crazy long time. Um, but I have not done that in years. I don't right. know why. I All right. Here's the numbers. <laughs> I, I, before anybody writes in the correct. So rep, here's the, the right from the horse's mouth at Apple. Revenue from iPhone declined 15 percent from the prior year, while total revenue from all other products and services grew 19 percent. So that's it. Fifteen percent decline go. year over year for iPhone revenue, but in nineteen, everything else went up nineteen percent. Yeah, iPad up seventeen percent, right? Yeah, which makes me think. And and you know, unit sales are pretty flat. I think uh, just well, makes yeah. it 
Well, they, they don't, don't tell those you. out either. Oh yeah. no, it's revenues. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard hard not to think that that's the uh, the iPad Pro is sure pretty popular, right? Right. Because it came out last quarter, so presumably yeah. a lot of people were waiting for a new iPad and bought the expensive iPad Pros. Yeah, and it was expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I talked about that the last time I was. On. It was on like it was like a, I got the I got the bottom line with just like a like a cover and it was like a thousand bucks practically. Yeah, I think it's pretty. You know, there's a rumor. I I don't, don't want to. You know, we have enough news to cover that we can do it. But there's rumors of upcoming iPad like regular iPad non Pro updates mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. the iPad Mini apparently is still alive and will be getting an update of some sort. Yeah, and the uh, iPod Touch. Yeah, and the iPod Touch. Uh, which is yeah, that is interesting to me. Like it's on the one hand, it's overdue for an update, and then the other hand, who who's buying iPod Touches? Right. Like I I, I genuinely ask because it seems to me like most people who even give a device like this to to their kids are giving them old iPhones. Um, Probably right. You know, well, and it's still the iPod Touch is three hundred bucks, so it's not like it's cheap. You know, it's not like buying an iPod Shuffle. Well, I know that. I mean, certain. I mean, de- developers were buying them right for a while to to test. Yeah, but are they still versions? But again, I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the numbers. <laughs> I feel like that was a vestige of the era when there weren't a lot of quote unquote old spare iPhones floating around yeah. everybody's house, and yeah. now there are. Um, but is, you know, or is it like an institutional thing, like you know, hospitals and warehouses and anywhere else where people are running little, yeah. you know. So this, this leads me to a two-pronged question, I guess. So like, do you think that they are just trying to increase the number of devices that they have in order to maximize, like, you know, they know that the overall units are going to be continued to be flat I don't know. going forward? And are they just trying to, to like, uh, get into more niches that they might have missed earlier um, in order to keep that service revenue going? I don't know. I really, I, I don't yeah. know. I would love to know who the target market is for iPod Touch. I mean, yeah. it, you know, and I've always thought I never, I've never bought one. I've always thought it's adorable. Uh, you know, because there through a couple of them, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I remember in the early days. Uh, forget if it was a WWDC. Probably was a WWDC because it might have it might have already been after MacWorld Expo was no longer a thing. But I just remember milling about the top floor of Moscone West before a keynote on a Monday or Tuesday, whatever day. And, you know, it's 45 minutes before they open the doors, but there's coffee and donuts and there's hundreds and hundreds of people. And I saw somebody talking on the or, or using an iPhone and it was so clearly I was like, I, 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 my first thought was, holy shit, someone from Apple is here using a prototype iPhone. This is insane. Why would you do that? Like, cause it was so clearly thinner than the existing oh, yeah. iPhones. And it right. turned out it was a guy with an iPod touch, but like without thinking about it, I thought it was like next year's iPhone and it was amazing. And he's just out here using it in front of hundreds of people. Uh, I, I've always <laughs> liked the product. It's always been intriguing to me, but I don't, I don't know anybody yeah. who buys them. Yeah. So I don't know. I think what's interesting, what occurred to me with these rumors and just looking at the prices, like you can get a new iPad starting at like, it's like 300 and some bucks. Uh, yeah. And their sales on them are down to like below 300. And so to me, the really interesting, something I, I guess I knew and everybody knows because it's out there, but I just had never really thought about 
is that the iPad lineup is very different than the Mac lineup, where the big complaint a lot of people have after last fall's announcement of the new MacBook Air is, boy, Apple has a lot of, a lot of MacBooks for around $1,200 or $1,300. You know, the MacBook, the MacBook Air, and the, you know, the MacBook Pro without the touch bar that have, you know, various trade-offs between them. But it's, if you're kind of looking to spend $1,300 on a MacBook, you've got a widely variety, you know, you've got three different, very, very different things to choose from. Whereas the iPad lineup is very differentiated by price, right? You've got like these three to $400 ones, and then you've got these $1,000 plus ones. And I'm sure, you know, you can, you can get a regular non-pro iPad and max out the storage and get it with cellular and, you know, get the price up, you know, that there's ways to fill in those price gaps. But if you're really price sensitive, you're looking at, it's very clear which one to buy. And if you're, and if you're really looking to max out your iPad, it's very clear which one to buy. There's a lot, it's a lot more of a, it's a much more clear product lineup than the MacBook lineup. Yeah. You know, you know, and what's interesting, we, um, so I got a, I got a new iPad and I gave my father-in-law my old iPad, uh, air two. And cause he had an, he had my old iPad air. And so I, you know, he was like, like, I'm not going to use the iPad air. If you want to take that back, go ahead. So I took the iPad air back and, um, then I updated it and, and it's, it's still, I, it's not a bad device. Like no. it still does everything Yeah, and it's really old now. Yeah. I, well, I think that is clearly now that again, they're not issuing, they're not telling you unit sales, but it seems as though the bleeding has stopped in terms of iPad selling, you know, going downhill in terms of mm-hmm. unit sales. And my gut feeling always has been, and I think it's starting to be backed up by what we see in the data is simply that people got buy an iPad and it just keeps working. Yeah. And, and for what they use it for, it keeps working perfectly. Right. And that was like with the iPad Air 2, it was doing everything that I needed it to do. But I just thought, oh, I, you know, <laughs> I've had this for a number of years. I should get a new one now. Yeah, it's I, I really do think that's the explanation for why they were selling like 10 million of them a quarter and or 20 million a quarter and then went down to like nine, 10 million a quarter. It's yeah. just that in the initial run up, there was nobody had an iPad. And therefore, all the people who kind of wanted one or could use one bought one. And a whole bunch of them are just still using them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and really I see what people, you know, for playing Candy Crush and browsing the web, you know, you really don't need a newer one. And they last. They're really well made. Yeah. I don't think they take nearly the abuse that a phone takes because they're not going in and out of pockets and purses. and Right. You know. The other thing he had, he had the original. Like we had given him the original iPad that yeah. he had. Um, and uh, <laughs> so he gave that back to me, too. That thing is a tank. <laughs> it's hilarious to hold one of those things now. And the bezel on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's really big and, and pregnant on the back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's very bulbous compared to the new ones. <laughs> that whole bent iPhone, iPad thing seems to have gone away. Remember? Yeah, that, there right, was a, right. Yes. Yeah. There was a mini scandal for a day that, that uh, people were getting brand new iPad Pros and they were bent out of the box or too easily bent. And then yeah. Apple... Didn't issue a statement, but they issued like an off the record, don't quote a statement that The Verge interpreted it as that's normal. Uh, and but it seems like that died down, and I, d- I haven't seen anything again. Like I was curious yeah. about how that would play out 
after the initial kerfuffle, would would people be able to say, look, I, here's one I just bought. There's a clear bent. It's clearly outside the four micrometers or whatever the hell they were saying is the, the four sheets of paper thickness that's that's within their specs. Right. Yeah. That seems like it went nowhere. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, hmm. presumably maybe it was just uh, an early flaw in the production process or the shipping process or something and they stamped it out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. seems like they got it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let me take a third break here and thank our friends at Squarespace. I love Squarespace. Look, you need a website. Do you have an idea for a new website? Do you have an old website that needs to be updated desperately? Try Squarespace. Squarespace has everything you need for a website. You go there. You can register your domain. You pick out a template. They have got award-winning templates. Really beautiful. Every Squarespace website looks so professionally made. Uh, and their templates, they scale from everything from the phone up to a giant display, responsive design. You need to sell stuff. You can drag and drop out a store right there on the site. They handle all the credit cards, all the security stuff. You want to start a blog. You want to start a podcast. You can do it right there on Squarespace. You have a Squarespace website and doesn't have a blog, but you decide you need a blog. You can just add a blog and you do it all right there in the browser. It's all drag and drop, all visual, and they have award-winning technical support if you do get stuck. And they have a 30-day free trial. You get a free trial, start today, build it, see if you like it, and then you only have to pay at, at the end of that period uh, if you like it. You can't lose anything. So that's my advice. My advice is you need a new website, you have an older website that needs, that needs uh, an upgrade, needs to be started over. Try it at Squarespace first. Give it an hour. Give it half an hour even. See how far you get. Uh, you'll probably be surprised. It's really great. And people who listen to this show just keep signing up for Squarespace, uh, which is great. Uh, got a special deal for you. Start building your website at squarespace.com. And when you do pay, when your free trial's over, just remember this code, talk show. Know the talk show. All three sponsors today have same code, talk show, and you'll get 10% off your order. You can prepay for an entire year, save 10% off the entire year. Uh, it's a great service. My thanks to Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com slash talk show today. Squarespace.com slash talk show. And just remember that code talk show when you check out. Well, what's else on, on your list? What else we got? Uh... Trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> those those stories were pretty big. Yeah, that was pretty big. Uh, did you see the the New York Times story on Apple tr having trouble getting screws in Texas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I did see that. Uh, interesting, <laughs> but seemingly you know, I, I don't know. It's an interesting story. It was interesting to hear the details about a specific component, but specific component. I don't know where I came yeah. up with the word specific. But uh, well, it's going to be. It's new now. <laughs> it's in the lexicon. Uh <laughs> uh what about apple tv i wrote yesterday there was a rumor from november that the information had the information is usually pretty uh subscriber only but usually you know their stuff pans out uh and they didn't say apple is coming out with a dongle you know one of these uh like a chromecast thing where you just plug it in right. the hdmi port um but some kind of you know instead of 150 dollar to 200 dollar apple tv uh yeah something cheaper like yeah. a dongle uh, this is yeah. I mean, one of our our favorite uh, when my pals on the rebound, one of our favorite um, saws is is just how <laughs> expensive and out of whack with the rest of the market the Apple TV is. 
And 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 I feel I always joke about how <laughs> particularly taken I feel for having gotten the one with a larger drive capacity. I did like, too. Why why did I do that? Uh, <laughs> that was forty bucks or whatever. It's like just flushed down the drain. It's what's the there's the fear of missing out, right? There's yeah, FOMO. Right, right, so I'm right. I've got fear of running out of space. <laughs> Right. So yeah, yeah. That's, so that's I funny. mean, if they're right, I mean, if they're if the rumors of the uh, streaming service are true, which they seem like they probably are, then uh, it seems like uh, they need to reduce that price a bit so that they can get that into more homes. Because otherwise, you know, I mean, they're not going to. You, you, you got to run out and you got to buy a hundred and fifty dollar Apple TV, and then you got to pay whatever a month for the streaming service. That doesn't seem like that's going to go very far. Yeah, and really, the way typical people think is they they're you know, as the world moves from everything you watch comes through your cable or your satellite, whatever tr- traditional TV to a I want to stream stuff over the internet. I want to get my net. I want to watch Netflix. I want to watch Hulu. I want to watch. HBO, but not through my cable company or Amazon prime. Another perfect example, very popular. You know, I've got Amazon prime, so I know I've already, I've already got access to these stuff. I want to watch it. How do I do it? When, you know, option a from Amazon option B from Roku, uh, when, you know, or, or $69 or $50 or something like that. And option C from Apple starts at $150 and it's 180. If you want 4k, uh, you know, it it looks out of whack. It's not like a little bit more expensive. It's a lot more expensive. One thing I've heard, you know, I don't think it's surprising, you know, like why does Apple charge so much more? Like one thing I've heard from reliable little birdie um, is Apple effectively sells them at cost. Like they really are like, $180 $180 box. And, you know, you think like, wow, this is amazing. It has an A10 processor and it's, which we know is super fast and has crazy good graphics. And, um, you know, it, 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 I've heard the same thing about a HomePod too. Like why is HomePod so much more expensive than these other speakers you can talk to? Well, a HomePod, I actually have reason to believe as actually Apple actually sells it at a, at a loss. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I can't prove it, but I, you know, yeah, right, I don't right. think it's a big loss. Uh, you know, I've always thought that the, and again, who knows, you know, over time, things get cheaper to make the same thing that was, you know, cost X in 2016 doesn't cost X. It costs X minus something in 2018 because everything gets cheaper over time. But I always thought, and I don't have any source on this other than the oddity of the price of AirPods, that they're $159, which isn't, you know, it's not an even price. Like 149 is even because that's 150. I have always thought that 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 AirPods probably cost like, or at least did when they debuted, were like a hundred and sixty dollar product. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you know company wide, Apple very famously has very high margins, and somehow, uh, almost like to a spooky degree, company wide, it always is right around, for years now in the Tim Cook era. There was more fluctuation in the Jobs era, but in the Cook era, even though they're selling more stuff and you'd think there might be more fluctuation, it's very consistently 38 to 39% company wide margin. Yeah. I think that with Apple TV and the HomePod, they can sell them at little to no margin or even negative margin on HomePod, and it doesn't really show up because the numbers are so low. You know, it's spitting into the right. ocean. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like, so if anything, if the, the problem 
if you think it's a problem that these products are so expensive compared to their competition that fewer too few people buy them it's not because apple is charging too much it's because apple engineered and designed too good of a product you know or yeah. too too expensive of a product yeah you know people want to buy scooters and apple's building motorcycles <laughs> uh but I think a, a dongle for Apple TV would make a lot of sense. And, you know, maybe a year or two ago, you'd say, well, but Apple wouldn't do that. But now that they're building iTunes into Samsung TVs this year, uh, obviously not selling an, any kind of even a $50 dongle to get your iTunes stuff on the Samsung TVs. What about the 10 gazillion TV sets that people have bought over the last five, six, seven, eight years that are they're perfectly happy with? don't have iTunes built in, you know, like building, I, you know, having this announcement where these TVs from Samsung and Sony and these companies are all going to support airplay too out of the box. That's great to extend the reach of airplay, but there's a gazillion TVs that people aren't in any mood to replace that don't have any Apple yeah. stuff built in. Uh, so I would say, you know, like some kind of dongle that doesn't, you know, presumably wouldn't be able to offer the full Apple TV experience. I would say just skip the app store and sort of build a dongle that works like the old Apple TV where you get what's built into it and that's it. You know, it's yeah. got iTunes and which seems like, a, you know, a continuing series of nails in the <laughs> coffin of the Apple TV app store. Right. Because that does not seem to be going anywhere particularly. No, and if it, you know, and then Apple other, other than things that are streaming apps and, and that kind of thing, but there's right. no like the gaming the gaming aspect of that is I mean I have not touched a game on the Apple TV and I can't remember how long I have and I have, and I have a controller. Yeah, I bought it. the Nimbus controller too, and it's I a nice controller, but yeah. <laughs> it's not great though either. It's you know, yeah, but it's all right. Uh, no, ever since we bought a Switch, I haven't played. I don't really play a lot on the Switch either, but if I'm going to play games, I play on the Switch. I don't play on Apple yeah. TV. Um, yeah. But if they were ever going to try to make a second run at making the Apple TV a gaming platform, you know, that might be, you know, maybe that's the way to do it. I feel like the critical error they made to have any hope of making Apple TV a gaming platform was not including a controller yeah. in right. In the box. Think, yeah, I think we've talked about this before, yeah. but yeah, I, absolutely. And requiring all games to work with the <laughs> Apple TV remote as a gaming controller so that you can't even make a game that requires a, a real a gaming controller. controller, even though it's not included in the box. Those two things combined were, yeah. Uh, I, I don't see how they ever hoped to get that off the ground. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, whatever our complaints are about the Apple TV remote as a remote for watching videos, TV shows <laughs> and video, and there are plenty and every, you know, every podcast, you know, that, that even has mentioned Apple has mentioned all those problems as a gaming controller. It is, I mean, it's, it's, no, it's awful. It's like, it is to gaming controllers what the stuff you make in a toilet in prison is to real booze. <laughs> prison game controller right i mean it's you know it's all you yeah. got i guess right i right. mean if you're on desert island with an apple tv and an apple tv remote i guess you'll play those games with the apple tv remote but it, it's it is not good yeah there's only so so much interest you have in games that are like cannibal where it's like just tap a button yeah that only goes yeah right and even so there the apple tv remote it isn't that good <laughs> Even as like a single button controller, it's not that good. I don't know. 
Did you see the other thing related to that, though, was the rumor about Apple having a uh, subscription gaming service? Oh, yeah, right, right. That was, I was trying to think of what the other thing was. Yeah, that that, that, the, the second side of that coin. Right, uh, right. And, uh, you know, we've, you and I have both heard from little birdies that there's some, some legitimacy, there is some legitimacy to that. Not that we know it's going to happen, but that, uh, they've approached some people, right? They have approached people. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think that totally makes sense because what are the three ways people entertain themselves with subscription media content? They subscribe to subscription music. They subscribe to subscription, uh, video where you watch TV and movies. Uh, well, how else do people entertain themselves? Video games, right? That, that's yeah. it. So why, you know, it, and we know Apple has Apple Music. We're a hundred percent sure they're doing original video content. We don't know how they're going to charge for it, whether they're going to bundle it with Apple Music or do it separately. Um, but they're definitely doing it. Um, so why not do it with games where they have a dominant position in mobile gaming, however yeah. bad their position is on TV gaming and <laughs> PC gaming. And. Uh... It sounded like it was not going to be the big name games. No, I don't which, think so. Because which I don't ties into the because right. apparently it's going to be you. You can't sell them on and on Android as well. Right. Yeah. The so idea it's, it's, they have to be iOS exclusive, right? Or right. Or, or or at least you know as, as far as mobile platforms. Go. Right. Right. So you could do um, like a PC version, and you could do yeah. you could have a, a console version, but on mobile it would be iOS exclusive. Uh, and it, you could see why, like the EAs of the world, the big companies wouldn't be interested anyway because yeah. they want it. They want to make their money on their they're own. They're never going to. They're never going to agree to that, right? Uh, I, I, you know, it sounds like something Apple should do, and it sounds like something a company interested in increasing services revenue should do. Uh, and it could be a good idea, you know, especially yeah. if they cultivate it and get a bunch of games and you just pay this one flat fee per month that you're willing to pay. And then all of the games that you get are both good and don't nickel to, and dime you to death for yeah. in-app purchases. Yeah. And you it's know? the other thing that I thought was interesting about it sounded like the I mean, it might be actually be of interest to I mean, people have been saying, well, gosh, why would independent gamers be in, interested in this? The, the app store pricing is already so bad for them, but that they would get they would almost like a book deal. Yeah, right? yeah. You get a bunch you get a bunch of money up front to do it. And then you get like a, you know, um, as your game is used, you get a, like yeah. a sort of a smaller amount that continues on presumably for a number of years. Right. The idea that it would be like a book advance would take a lot yeah. of the uncertainty out of it, right? Where you can right. at least say, we don't know what our royalties will be going forward because we don't know how popular it would be. But if this upfront number looks like it's, you know, hey, that's going to be, that's, that's already makes it worth our while to try it. You know, it would take a lot of the uncertainty out of it. Yeah. You know, and they certainly have the market, you know, in terms of the <laughs> installed base multiplied by the number of developers who already are writing games for the platform. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I buy it. I, I would, I would encourage. I'd certainly to be very interested. It. Yeah. I mean, I mean, depending on the games that are involved, but I mean, I, I would I probably, get, I don't, well, I don't <laughs> get that up. many games anymore, but on <laughs> like, not compared to what I used to get. <laughs> I'll sign up for it and then never play any games. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know what? Amy and Jonas play a lot of games on their iOS devices. So a fam, you know, assuming yeah. that the subscription well, will work for the, the family maybe that's plan. The thing. It would actually yeah, right. I wonder how I yeah. assume that it would work for the family plan. Yeah. So you know, I, you know, if it's ten bucks for a person and fifteen to add it to your family plan, I the way my family yeah. plays games on mobile devices, even without me, it, it would be easily worth it. Easily. So I don't know. 
I, I say go Apple Go with that idea. Yeah. No, that's that aspect is makes it probably definitely financially right. <laughs> worth my while. Uh, that's it for me, John. It's always good to have you in the show. Okay. Uh, I spent too too Always long. Always nice to be here. We didn't have you on in 2018 enough. We're going to make 2019 the year of molts on the talk show. Okay. Oh, excellent! Uh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I'll see you. In, <laughs> I'll see <you> in December. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, everybody can get all the molts they want on uh, on other podcasts, uh, including turning this car around. Where Where do you go for turning this car around? You could search for it in your, I don't in remember. your podcast Turning this directory. car around <laughs> .net or .com or something. Yeah. <laughs> you and search, you, and you the, go to iTunes, and you search for turning this car around. That's regular regular Mac nerdery, Mac and Apple nerdery at the uh, the Rebound. Correct. And uh, you same, just... Same place. Go to iTunes. Yeah, just or, or Overcast or whatever your podcast is. Just yeah, search sure. for the Rebound, and right. you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, good talking to you. Or just drive by my house. Yeah, just... <laughs> I'll hook you up. <laughs> Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> 